I want to share this morning about the season, a season that we're in. I believe it's a biblical season, a season of realignment. Now, we've been talking about the tribes in the last several weeks. I know it's been kind of, it's been a long process because we've had the Feast of the Lord, but the last few weeks we've been looking at the, the, the 12 sons of Jacob and the tribes and and. Jacob is coming to the end of his life, and there's a transition of covenant that takes place. And I just want to read the first couple of verses in Genesis 49, verse 1. Jacob called his sons and said to them, Gather together so that I can tell you what will happen to you in the last days. Be assembled and listen, sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. He's gathering them together because there's a shift that's taking place, a shift in covenant. We heard this morning about Avram, Avram. God spoke to Avram, called him out from his nation, cut covenant with Avram. And then we see Yitzhak, Isaac, and, and now Yaakov, and Yaakov with the 12 sons. And we looked at the different tribes, the 12 sons becoming the 12 tribes. And there was a blessing, although some of them were a little bit, you you know, because based on, we all know that this, just like we shared in, just like Sarah shared in the Torah portion, it was a dysfunctional family. It really was. Big issues when she was talking about cat fights. It's kind of like being back at high school again. But yet God used them and he can use us. See, there's blessing and redemption for the tribes of Israel. You see, they were grafted, and we're grafted into, we're grafted into the olive tree, but we're also grafted into the covenants that were given to the patriarchs. We're grafted into the blessings that Jacob spoke over his sons. As we embrace our identity in Yeshua, you see, I don't know, I know that On September 17th, 1979, I became a new creation. I know something changed in me. That was the day that I had an encounter with a living God. It didn't all become perfect in my life, asked my wife, believe me. It didn't all become, ooh, crystal clear. But I knew that I knew that I knew that I was different. And so we all have to come to that point where we embrace our new identity. And when we embrace that new identity that we have in Yeshua, we begin to look like him, resemble him, because we are now part of his family. We, we embrace our new identity and the redemption that comes with it. It's not just about forgiveness of sins. I love the fact that he forgives us of our sins. That's the first thing I've realized and recognized about my relationship. He was the forgiver of my sins. But Yeshua came to give us life and life abundantly. Life. Yeshua is my life. Yes, he forgives my sins, but much more, he is my very life. As we embrace that new identity, we cross over into our calling. Sometimes our calling is revealed to us instantaneously, but most of the time it's through a process. We go through life's experiences and we learn how to to deal with it through the eyes of Yeshua and, and God begins to reveal his calling in our lives. And there's power in alignment. And I want to talk about alignment because keep in mind we talked about the tribes. And um, I should have asked Mike beforehand to do this, but 
picture the tribes gathered in the wilderness, centered in the midst of the tribes was the tabernacle. And in the midst of the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of the Presence of the Lord. And there's something about that, that alignment that we need to grasp today. So, Father, I just pray that as I, as I share this, Lord, that we would have understanding and revelation of alignment. See, God's desire for us is harvest, fullness, and blessing. I used to ask this question, and I still do. What is God's greatest desire for his children? And you know what most people say? To serve him. To serve him. Well, serving is, is something we do. And other people will say to obey him. That's his greatest desire is to, for us to obey him. Well, how many of you have cho children? And is that your desire for your children? Sure, we want them to obey, but we know it's not going to happen. Some will say our greatest, God's greatest desire for us is to love him. Well, that, that's important. But I believe that the greatest desire that God has is that we would carry his glory. The person of Yeshua would be manifested in each of our lives. God, Yeshua is the glory of God. And when we... Let him live his life through us. That's how we best glorify God. So his desire for us is that glory, to carry his glory, to live in that glory, to, to be carriers and to, and, to, and to share that with others and to be a harvest, that, that there would be a harvest, fullness, and blessing. Psalm 1 first three verses. Happy is the one who has not walked in the advice of the wicked, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the Torah of Adonai. And on his Torah he meditates day and night. He will be like a, a planted tree over streams of water, producing its fruit during its season. Its leaf never droops. But in all he does, he succeeds. See, that's a picture of the glory living within us when we're planted beside those, that, that water, the streams of water. He produces the fruit within us. Alignment. He's, we're in a season of alignment. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about there's a time for everything. A time of to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. There's a time for everything. As we come into an alignment, God, God begins to show us things in the natural realm, but also that there would be a harvest of righteousness and a harvest of souls as we come into an alignment with him and we let his glory, as we let the person of Yeshua live through us. What happens if you plant something out of time? I'm not a farmer, but Tom, you, you're a farmer. If you, part some, you plant something out of time, it just doesn't work. You know, I was, I was reading about this, and when the Soviet Union first began in the revolution in 1917, and, and communism took over in Russia, the Soviet Union, 
everything became centralized, including agriculture. So what happened was you had a bunch of young people, mostly, who were really trained in communist ideology. They were ide ideologues. They were trained in communism and Marxism. And they were put over the harvesting, the planting and the harvesting of the Soviet Union. Okay? So it's almost kind of like a, a false apostolic leadership. People who didn't know anything about farming but who knew a lot about communist ideology were all of a sudden now telling farmers how to plant their crops, when to harvest the crops. And you can imagine what the result was as some ideologue in Moscow is telling a farmer in the Ukraine how to plant his wheat. What was the result? Anybody understand? Anybody know the history of the Soviet Union? Famine. Famine. A million plus people died of starvation. It wasn't because the food wasn't producing. It was because they were doing it out of time, out of alignment. Famine and death. See, that's why it is so important for us to understand God's timings and God's and aligning with his timing. A farmer knows his soil conditions better than some faceless bureaucratic ideologue. Okay? You know when you know exactly when to plant your crops, don't you? When you plant your garden, you, you know exactly what to do, when to do it, when to plant, where to plant, what where not to plant, and and of course what to plant. Otherwise, you'll either get a, if you, if you plant out of season, you're going to get a bucket of snow instead of a bushel of wheat. Basically what happens when alignment, if you're out of alignment. Now think about this. The children of Israel crossed over from Egypt. Okay, they were kind of a, well, they were leaderless while they were in Egypt. Okay? God calls them. They cross through the Red Sea, and they come to a place called Mount Sinai. But it's a mixed multitude, a rabble. And they really don't know how to do a whole lot of stuff. They don't even know how to plant, let alone harvest. They don't even know how to feed themselves. And so they spent a year at Mount Sinai. They spent a year at that mountain. And God established his boundaries and he aligned the camps physically. That was the first thing that God did was he aligned the camps physically. Let me give you an illustration. If you have an iron bar and a magnet, an iron bar and a magnet, same size, same weight, same material, same chemical um, comp composite, identical, an iron bar and a magnet. But the magnet has a power that the iron bar doesn't. It's able to attract. Why is that? What's different? You see, that magnet was in a, aligned in a magnetic field for a season. It picked up that magnetic field, lie, aligned in a magnetic field for a season. And so it same molecular structure, but it has a different quality now. It's able to attract. 
That's what alignment, the power of alignment. You see, we have the tabernacle in the center of the tribes. And the tribes were positioned in strategic places around the, the, around the perimeter. It wasn't just random. God specifically put the tribes in a specific order in a specific way. They were aligned not just with the tabernacle, but with each other. You see, there was three tribes. Let me just use this as an example. Three tribes, Issachar, Judah, and Zebulon were aligned together. See, there was four groups of three tribes. Zebulon, Issachar, and Judah were aligned together. Now, what is it about Issachar that we learned? Oh, there. Well, that's the, the tabernacle. And you see all the, the tents around that. But if you see that, if you go to the, actually even the first slide, I think, of that whole series, Mike, it shows how, basically how it's all laid, 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 laid out when he gets that. But anyways, take Issachar. Issachar, they understood timing. The sons of Issachar knew God's timing and they knew what to do. In Judah knew warfare and worship. And Zebulon knew how to prosper in commerce. Okay, so God put them all together. You see, this is how the tribes are all lined up in a specific way. You see over here on the right-hand side, you see Issachar, Judah, and Zebulon together. And there were specific reasons why God put all the other tribes together. God knit them together the same way he knits us together. Think about this in Psalm 139, verse 13. It says, you knit me together in my mother's womb, for I am awesomely made. If God made us in an awesome way, if God made us in that incredible way, there was a specific reason why he put the tribes the way they were. And he knits us together in tribes. We're a tribe. We're called Orchaim. We're a tribe. Okay, And God knits us together in order to prosper, to bless, and to receive a harvest. Because God, that's his desire, is to bless his children. To bless his children. When we're all walking in that place of calling and that place of destiny, and we're all moving out in the gifts that God's given us. The tribes not only were aligned around the tabernacle, but the tribes were aligned with the Ark of the Covenant. They all were able to see the ark in the middle. And it's interesting because the first thing when the tribes were laid out that God said to build was the ark of the presence of the Lord. That was the first thing. And so all the tribes were aligned with it. And that is the glory of God. God wants us to relate to the glory of God as he wanted the tribes to relate to the glory of God. We all need to learn how to relate to that glory, the presence. And that's why today in the worship, worship is when we get our mind and our eyes and our thoughts off of ourselves and focus on the Lord. When we get to that point, the glory just manifests, come down. The presence of the Lord comes into our midst. Sometimes you smell it. You ever smelled the glory of the Lord? You feel the presence of the Lord. Now, it's not going to be all the time, but I believe that it's going to be happening more as we align ourselves more with that glory. And it starts with desire. We have to have a desire to really align ourselves with the glory of God. Some are afraid of the glory. 
They don't want anything to do with it. It's just like when God came down on Mount Sinai. People of Israel were fearful. They said, Moses, you go. You go and listen to God and then tell us what God says. They put a barrier between themselves and what God was speaking. We need to turn towards the glory instead of turning away from the glory. We need to focus on the ark of his presence. You see, when everyone is aligned with that ark, it's a place is created for his presence to come and dwell. That's why it's so important for us to come together, physically together. It's not just about defying the government. It's not about that at all. God commands us to meet together so that he can manifest his glory in the midst of his people. Now, that doesn't mean that his glory can't be manifested in your private, in your, in your prayer closet. Many times we have awesome times. It's just you and the Lord, and that's fine. But he calls us together. You know, when God speaks to the children of Israel, he always speaks to them as a community. He always speaks to them as a community. Salvation, even in the, in the Tanakh and even in the New Testament, was always about the community. You know, when Cornelius was saved, his entire family was saved. See, God, that's how he works, is through the community, through the families, through the tribes. A place was created to come and for him to dwell. When we come together, his presence is there. Like I said, it was the first object for the tabernacle and the Israelites that they were commanded to build was the ark of his presence because God knew the importance and he wanted his people to be aligned with that presence. And then God began to teach about the times and the seasons. In Genesis 1.14, we see, and God says, let, there, let the lights in the expanse of the sky be separating the day from the night, and they will be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. It's in the first chapter of Bereshit in Genesis. God gave Bereshit to who? It's not a trick question. Who received the Torah? We did, but first. Moses. So Moses was given this story. God tells Moses, this is what I'm doing. This is the times and the seasons that I'm giving you. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, we tend to think, you know, Genesis is this... It's, it's the very beginning, and so nobody wrote it. It just kind of appeared. And yet, God gave it to Moses to give to the children of Israel. And in it, God says, this is how I've arranged things. By times, by seasons, and I've put, things in the, I've put lights in the skies for you to, so you'll know when to plant, when to harvest. So God begins to teach as, he, as we're aligned around that presence, the place of his presence. What happens if we try to, to, to do something that, well, it worked before, but we may not get the results that we need for now. You ever tried to do the same thing? And I'm not talking about planting crops because, you know, it may not be the same exact day that you did it the, the year before. It depends on circumstances. It depends on what the weather's been like. If you try to do same things the same way you, you did before, it may not, you may not have the same result. Have you ever tried doing that? I try to do that all the time. Yeah, that's called flesh. 
That's trying to do things. Well, it worked the last time, but what is God saying to you now? You see, when when we're aligned with his presence, we're able to hear what he's speaking to us. And he might say, no, I want you to wait on that. Or he might say, no, I want you to do this. So I want to wrap things up here. And So worship team, if you come up and just be prepared. God has a plan of alignment for each of us. That's one of the things that, the reasons why God's put on our heart to, to start the men's group so that the men would begin to align with the presence of the Lord. It's easy for ladies to get intimate with each other. It's, a, it's, it's easy with ladies to share their hearts sometimes, but men, it's like, don't want to go there. But God is saying, I want to be, I want you to understand you're my bride too. You know, God is saying that. And so he, he has a plan for each of us to to grow into our, for men, he wants us to grow into being priests of our families, to being better sons, better fathers, better husbands than we were before. That's part of his plan, to bless us. Isaiah chapter 51, verses 1 and 2. Listen to me, you who pursue justice, you who seek the Lord, I love this. It says, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. God wants us to look back. Yes, we've been looking back at the tribes. We've been looking back at Abraham. God wants us to look back to him from where we came from. Then he says, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For when I called him, he was but one. Then I blessed him and multiplied him. You see, that's God's ways. He calls us out. He calls us to him. He blesses us. You see, it starts with alignment. He calls us out from wherever we are. He calls us to himself. That's alignment. And then he blesses. And then out of that blessing comes multiplication. We're here. All of us are here because Yeshua chose 12 men. And because of those 12 men, they were faithful to the call. Actually, 11. The 11 that were faithful. They, because of what they were faithful to do, you're here today. It's all about blessing and multiplication. You see, by looking back at God, and we look back at Abraham, we understand who we are and what he desires for us. And it's so important for us to understand that. God didn't just save us so that we can go to heaven. He called us as his sons and daughters so that we would carry his glory and expand his kingdom on earth. But he wants us to be in that intimate relationship with himself. And not just for us, but it's for our bloodline too. We talked about that several weeks ago. Is that you have authority over your bloodline to break off curses. We were talking about curses earlier. You have authority to break off curses. And and the things that have, have harassed your family lines for years, for generations. I believe God is saying... Take up your authority. Take up your staff that I've given you and break off those things so that 
your children and their children don't have to walk into what your family, what you have. God has the ability when we are in alignment with him to turn obstacles into opportunity. When you're in the midst of the, that particular obstacle, that circumstance, that bad circumstance, it's hard to see what is God doing. But God is always at work. We even sang that today. Even when I don't feel that you're working, even when I don't see that you're working, I know you're working, God. He's able to take every obstacle in our life and turn it into opportunity. Joel 2.25 I shall restore to you the years that the locust, the swarming locust, the canker worm, and the caterpillar have eaten. My great army that I sent among you. God says, I sent this among you, but I will restore you. You will eat and be satisfied. And I speak that over every family here. Russ and Siri, he shall restore to you that the locust, the swarming locust, stolen from you. He will return to you. Linda, Sarah, Sandy, all of us. He will turn that, that, that raging, that, that swarming locust and that canker worm and the caterpillar, that the things that the, the enemy has stolen and eaten away at, and that we will eat and be satisfied because he will restore us. And John 10, 10, and I love this verse. It's interesting how Yeshua, in the same passage, in the same sentence, he talks about the enemy, talks about himself. He said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. God wants us to experience life. And I'm not talking about eternal life when we're in heaven and, and all of that and when he comes back. And yes, we'll enjoy that. But he wants us to enjoy life in the here and now. He wants us to enjoy it. I'm not, and I'm not a preacher of the name it and claim it, you know, uh, prosperity gospel, but I believe that God wants us to experience life today. I believe even the, the pandemic and all the COVID and all the, the incredible things that have happened over the last eight months, they've catapulted the true bride into intimacy and desperation to see his kingdom. His kingdom come, his will be done. But not everybody, I believe, has seen that. But I believe that most of it, we here, we, we see this. This is not just random thing. This was not just something that happened. And it's like, this isn't from God. God is using this to, that we're crying out for more of him, for more of his glory, more of his presence in our lives. We want to see his kingdom come, his kingdom perspective here on earth. I'm not one of these kingdom now and he's, we're going to get everything set perfect here and then he's going to come. I don't believe that, but we have the ability because the kingdom is within you. The kingdom of God is in me and I, can, I have an influence because of the kingdom that's in me to bring it to other, pe other people. You see, as we're grafted into the covenant with Abraham, think about this, we're grafted into the covenants with Abraham. The spirit becomes the ark, and the ark is living inside of us. The spirit is the ark, and the ark of his presence is living inside of us. And you go, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. 
Isaiah chapter 63, verse 11. Then his people remember. This is Isaiah, so this is the Tanakh. This is not just in the New Testament. Then his people remember the days of old, the days of Noah. Where is he who brought them through the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who put among them his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit? You see, we see that in the tabernacle where the ark was in the very presence, in the very center of all the tribes. But yet, the Holy Spirit is living in us. In the New Testament, we see in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, or don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That's all you are is an earth suit. You're an earth suit to house the presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. This earth suit is kind of falling apart. Some of us faster than others. It's dying, okay? We don't take this earth suit with us, but yet the Spirit is living within us. The Spirit of Yeshua is living inside of you. You see... Alignment is listening to what the Spirit is saying in me. There's a lot of other voices out there who will say, come this way, go there, go do this. But the Spirit in us speaks to us. See, our destiny and our calling is in the Spirit that lives within us. As Millie shared out of John 14, 21. And you, you all know my envelopes that I show every year. I should have brought them today. But you see, if Yeshua is in me and I'm in Yeshua and Yeshua is in the Father, guess what? We're, we're all together in this. That's covenant. That's a picture of covenants. Our destiny is in the spirit that lives within us. And he's speaking to us to be aligned with what God is saying to you by his spirit in you. The spirit of Yeshua lives in you. Don't allow the sins and the lies and the mistakes of the past. And this is what so many of us do. Is we look back, instead of from the rock from which we were hewn, we look back to our own lives. And we say, well, look what I did. And all the sins and mistakes and lies of the past. Don't let them determine your future. But look Look to the rock from which you were hewn because he has a good plan for you. Plans for prosperity, plans for abundance, plans for, plans for blessing and harvest in your life. But if I look back to my life and say, well, I, I certainly don't deserve anything. I don't. You see, when I, when I start to look back at my own life and, and start to measure myself by my own past and mistakes... It mars the glory that lives within me. And you see, Yeshua says, God the Father says, let Yeshua live his life through you. As you, you have a unique personality, you have unique giftings. Let him live his life through you with your uniqueness. Look to the rock from which you are hewn. Would you stand with me? Father, bring us into that alignment.
Lord, where everything that has happened to me is going on right now in my life and will happen to me, that I will begin to look at through a kingdom perspective, that I will begin to look at as God, you are teaching me some new things about yourself and about myself. So, Father, I pray that each one of us would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying in me and walk faithfully in that. We would not be swayed. We would not turn to the left or to the right. But, Father, we would look forward to you, Lord God, and we would look upon you, Lord God. So, Father, I pray that the newness of this season, Lord, I know that some of us, many of us, are weary from all that's, I feel like we've been hit by a train 14 times in the last year. And some of us, I was just talking with somebody earlier this morning, and they say, I don't want to turn the clock back tomorrow morning. I want this, I want this, I want it to go out of this year. I want, I don't want another year added to this, another hour added to this year. But yet, everything that's happened in this year, there's for a purpose if we look at it through his eyes. So, Father, give us understanding and give us wisdom on how to live today. Lord, I pray that each one of us individually in every family here and as a congregation, we would come into alignment with what you're saying. And, Lord, and I know that you're saying new things to us at Orchaim than you were even a year ago. Last year, I remember the word was to, to linger a little bit longer. And, yes, we're to linger a little bit longer. This year, I believe that you're saying that be bold and be confident to step out. Even when there's, there's, well, I, I can't do this or I'm not gifted enough. Father, I pray for that boldness and confidence upon each and every one of my brothers and sisters here this morning. In Yeshua's name. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.